This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hello and welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. I pray you will be blessed. My name's Lynette and I'm joined by my husband again today, Dennis. Here at Amazing Grace, we want to hear from you and we also have some free giveaways. The book Steps to Christ and also in the local takeaways, you will find here, this is in Palmerston North, you will find a small magazine called Signs, which is full with um, articles on health and family issues and things that we face in life every day. And yes, as I said, we would love to hear from you and you can contact us for um, questions or feedback or if you would um, like us to pray for a friend or a family member on or off air as well, you can contact us and the email address is info at mpr.nz and the phone number is 0226815216. So we're going to start with some thoughts about... Christ in the crucible. Whenever we look at the issue of suffering, the question comes, how did sin and suffering first arise? Through divine revelation, through the Bible, we have good answers. They arose because free beings abused the freedom God had given them. This leads to another question. Did God know beforehand that these beings would fall? And the answer is yes, but obviously he thought it was, as C.S. Lewis right, worth the risk. Worth the risk? Big question mark. For whom? Big question mark. For us? While God sits in heaven on his throne? Question mark. Not exactly. The freedom of all his intelligent creatures was so sacred that rather than deny us freedom, God chose to bear in himself the brunt of the suffering caused by our abuse of that freedom. And we see this suffering in the life and death of Jesus, who through suffering in our flesh, has created bonds between heaven and earth that will last throughout eternity. You know, Jesus was rejected by men and he was rejected by God on the cross because of our 
wrongdoing, our sin. He was rejected that we will never be rejected by the one who does count, and that's God. And he was separated from God on the cross. The awful suffering and the pain that he went through, um, we are told, is was nothing compared to the the um, the awfulness of feeling being cut off from God forever, and that's what Jesus accepted when he said yes to going to the cross. But he was separated from God; that we would never be separated from God unless we choose. So God will hold us tight as long as we stay close to him. And uh, yeah, the verse, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Ali, Ali, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you value our freedom of choice so much that you allowed Jesus and Jesus you chose to come and to take the cost, the pain of the broken, broken law, the the sins of the whole world. Help us to grasp this more. Help us to understand just how much you care about us, how much you want to have a friendship, a close connection with us. You give us a second chance. Lord, help us to choose you today. I pray in your name. Amen. Now we're going to have a song. We were made to thrive. Many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water We never will run dry So living water flowing through God, we thirst for more of you Fill our hearts and flood our souls With one desire Just to
my father's heart Into the world we're reaching out To show them who you are So living water flowing through God we thirst for more of you Fill our hearts and flood our souls With one desire Just to to thrive and it reminds me of what Jesus said um, when he was here he said um, I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly now we're going to be looking at our health tip for the week and I've been sharing thoughts from Dr Darren Morton from the book Live More Happy and we have just about come to the end of the book and we are looking at um, the chapter Stress Less and the subtitle is Calm Down, Limbo, Calm Down. And let's remind ourselves what limbo is. It's his, um, the doctor's, Dr. Morton's um, nickname for the limbic 
system, which is part, which is the part of our brain responsible for emotions and feeling is its core business and mood, its main role. So we've been looking at how we can, um, yeah, just help ourselves, help our brain in this area. And so calm down, limbo, calm down. Stress clearly involves the part of our brain responsible for feelings. We say, I feel stressed. So we are talking again about our limbo. So it is not surprising that stress, or more appropriately, distress, affects all the other functions of the limbo that we have learned about in Chapter 1. And they are motivation, memory, and many automatic bodily processes. In Chapter 1, we considered the effect of stress on automatic bodily processes involving our heart, gut, and immune system. But let's briefly consider its effect on motivation and memory. Stress has an increasing effect on our motivation. Sorry, stress has an interesting effect on our motivation. It normally causes us to go, go, go until we can't go anymore, after which we are unmotivated to do anything. This is analogous to the difference between anxiety and depression. Anxiety occurs when we are distressed but trying to do something about it. Depression results when we are distressed but have given up trying. A research student of mine conducted an interesting study that examined the influence of stress on our memory. He Dr. Dara Morton says, for the study, we recruited college students who were required to repeatedly, repetitively, I get my tongue around this. Uh, Let's go back to, we recruited college students who were required to repetitively leap from a high platform with ropes attached of course. And we measured their stress levels as well as their ability to remember things they had seen and heard immediately before leaping. We found that the more stressed they were, the less they could recall. You probably know this to be true from your own experience. As we become more panicked, Our ability to process and remember information is compromised. Throughout this book, we have been learning about the sources of input to our limbo, both electrical and chemical, and how to use these sources to fill less down and more up. But these sources can also be used to combat unwanted feelings of distress. As we have seen, many people today need Rest from stress. So let's look at how to achieve this using the Smilers strategy. We will be considering the final S in the next chapter. 
So, yeah, for the word smilers, that's been an acronym for each of the chapters. Um, the subject has um, been um, the first letter of the word smilers. So, down, turn down the heat, open the valves. When it comes to managing stress, there are two things we can do. We can turn down the heat by taking less on, or we can open the valves to relieve the pressure. Certainly, eliminating stress sources of stress from our life by saying no to certain things, lowering our expectations and not overcommitting can go a long way toward dis- decreasing stress in our life. It can turn down the heat. However, there are many things we don't have control over and things often don't go to plan. People get sick, accidents happen, things break and deadlines are thrust upon us. So perhaps more important than removing stress from our lives is the ability to relieve it. In other words, we can't always turn down the heat, but we can adjust the valves. Let's find out what he means. Unfortunately, some of the strategies people resort to in an attempt to manage their stress also make the situation worse and can cause a lot of pain. An Australian report found that of those reporting severe stress, about 60% drink alcohol, 40% gamble, and 40% smoke, and 30% take drugs to manage and cope. Thankfully, there are good and helpful ways to go about taking the pressure down. And we're going to look at one of them. Smilers for de-stressing. In his classic book on stress, Why Zebras Don't Get Stomach Ulcers, stress researcher Robert Oh, this is a tricky word. Sapolsky makes the point that zebras do a lot right when it comes to managing stress. Zebras have limbos too, and they have very and they are very good at using the smilers approach to send it calming or at least not distressing messages. So let's learn from the zebras. The first one is speak positively. To the best of our knowledge, zebras don't wake up in the morning and immediately say to themselves, I bet the lions are hungry today. It's been a couple of days since old black ears got taken. I have a bad feeling about it. I can see it now. Those lions are going to come bounding down the hill when we are at the watering hole and I'll be last to see them coming. Plus, I stand out in the crowd for all the wrong reasons. I'm sure I am not as stripy as the others. Aha, this is bad, really bad. I'm a dead zebra walking. I'm sure zebras don't. Create the day with that kind of negative talk, do you? But um, but do you and I? How often do you find yourself saying, both to yourself and others, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and this went wrong and that will probably go wrong and there is 
not enough time in the day and question mark. Studies show that how we speak definitely influences our stress levels. So be intentional about speaking positively. Practice the following. I can get through this. It will be okay. Just one step at a time. In this regard, we have an advantage over zebras. While they don't speak negatively, they also don't have the ability to speak positively. But you do, and I do. So why not do it? And that's the thought for this um, health tip today. Practice following this suggestion. I can get through this saying this to herself. It will be okay just one step at a time. And God can get me through this. He's with me. All right, so now we're going to have another good song, and this song's by um, Avalon, a really good song. Yeah. 
Yes, it is a good song, isn't it? Testify. Testify to God's love and mercy. So just before we go to our ad break, just a reminder that after the break, we're going to be joined by my husband, Dennis, and he's going to be sharing some in-depth look at the Bible. So we'll have our break now. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. So, yes, welcome back. You're listening to Amazing Grace. And now Dennis is going to share with us from Revelation chapter 12. Hello there. It's great to be with you today. And I'm talking about the most wonderful book. You know, when you buy a car, you get a manual, how to service a car and everything about the car. So the Bible is like our manual. You know, God, this is God's inspired word, the Bible. And if we want to know how to live um, with the least um, pain in this world, um, I mean about living day to day, um, the, the Ten Commandments give us the principle. Uh, the first four commandments deal with God. The next one deals with the family. And then the next one, uh, the next um, three, is it? Three um, or four, yeah, I think it's three, deal with other people, how to treat other people. And the last one talks about things. So... If we use those principles in life, put God first um, and then family and then other people and things. If you reverse it, put things, family, no, other people, family and God, if at all, um, yes, life will not go too good. Now, we've been going through the book of Revelation for some time and... (coughs) The Bible is such a wonderful book, and uh, the book of Revelation is dealing um, a lot to do with the final events of Earth's history. Now, we've been going through, we got up to end of um, Revelation 11, and I just want to read again um, verse 18 um, of Revelation 11. It says, The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the earth and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and um, and your saints and those who reverence your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. So this is a that verse is a summary um, of the rest of the uh, book of Revelation. So the phrases, the nations were angry. So from um, Verse Revelation 12 um, to um, 12 and 13 um, shows how the nations were angry. And then 14 is the um, 
um, the final message to the world and then the harvest. 15, your wrath has come. 15 and 16. And then it goes on, um, time for judging the dead, which is Revelation 20. And uh, the time for rewarding uh, the saints. And uh, that's Revelation 21 and 22. And destroying those who destroy the earth. Um, it's Revelation 19 and Revelation 20. So that gives a summary of the rest of the book. And so we will go into a bit more detail on it. But today we're dealing with Revelation 12. And um, I'll just read a few verses and then we'll explain as we go through. And it said, A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, so this is symbolism, but they all represent something like we've um, mentioned in the past. Understand the symbols, um, help us to understand the message. So this woman was clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and she had a, a crown of 12 stars on her head and she was pregnant and she cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. So the woman represents the church, but then it's talking about this woman that she's pregnant and um, she cries out in pain when about to give birth. And then it says, I saw another sign, this is verse 3, appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon. It's a few times in um, Revelation 12 about this dragon. Um, I saw another sign in heaven, an enormous red dragon and seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. If you go back to uh, the book of Daniel, it talks about this. A beast, seven heads, ten horns. And it says, His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and he swung them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her, her child. The moment it was born, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And, the ch- and her child was um, snatched up to God and to his throne. And then it talks about the woman fled uh, into the desert um, to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1260 days. And then it says, and there was war in heaven. Strange place to have a war, isn't it? Um, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon um, and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and uh, they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. The ancient servant called the devil, um, or Satan, who had led the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth, and the angels with him. Right, so some really interesting things in here. So the woman represents the church. And um, specifically, this is talking, um, she was pregnant and giving birth to a child. So that child is Jesus, and it's talking about Mary. And it says there that um, there was another sign in heaven um, with the this, this red dragon. 
And it says there that the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so he might devour the child the moment it was born. So when you look in the story of Jesus, um, Herod the Great, um, he was disturbed um, when the wise men, when the wise men came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is he who is born king of the Jews? And Herod got, um, he got upset and he eventually sent his soldiers to Bethlehem to kill all the boys, all the boys of two, um, two years of age and younger. So what a terrible, um, just imagine what it must have been for those families having to lose their young children. How cruel. Satan is really cruel. And um, then it talks about this dragon who is Satan, because verse 9 says that, that um, after he stood to devour this child, it says the child was snatched up to heaven. So after Jesus and the crucifixion, he went back to heaven. And it says, The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might uh, be taken care of for 1260 days. And then it talks about war in heaven. War in heaven, that's strange, isn't it? War in heaven, dragon, and his angels fought against Michael. Michael actually means one like God. And um, it says that he was not strong enough and he lost his place in the heaven and the dragon was hurled down, the ancient servant called the devil and Satan who led the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and the angels with him. Now I'd like to ask the question, why was Satan cast to this earth? Why, Why not cast him in some other place. Why pick on this world? Now, in the beginning of the Bible, it talks about God. Um, He planted some trees. And it says, um, where is it? It's chapter 2, and I'll just read from verse 8, and it says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, And there he put a man, for he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the midst of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God planted these two trees. He created Adam and Eve. He created this beautiful world. He created this world um, so that Adam and Eve could um, enjoy this world. But he gave them a test, a little test. He said, you can eat everything, but you can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, it was just a little test, and the dragon, Satan, the only place that he could tempt them was at that tree. Now, we go back to, um, in the Bible, about um, Satan, Satan. Now, when you read from the chapter um, 14 about in Isaiah, it talks about this rebellion. 
And um, I'll just read you a few verses here. And it's um, Isaiah 14. And <clears throat> it's actually talking about Babylon, the king of Babylon. But Satan, um, he is behind the king of Babylon. So I'm going to read to you here from verse 12. And it says, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn, for you have been cast to the earth. You who once laid low the nations, and you said in your heart, I will ascend in heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit in throne um, in the mount of the assembly. On the uttermost heights of the sacred mountains, I will ascend above the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you will be brought down to the grave and to the depth of the pit. Those who look at you will stare at you and wonder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a desert, who overthrew his cities, and he would not let his captives go free. So there was a rebellion in heaven. And um, actually, I should read to you a wee bit from um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28 where it talks about this um, beautiful being. And um, it says in um, Ezekiel 28 and verse 12, um, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. And then it talks about all these precious stones that he was adored with. And it says in verse 14, you were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were made, uh, were on the holy mount of God, who walked among the furious um, stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created to iniquity was found in you. So what it's saying there, that God made beings... Um, perfect, but he gave them three free will, and Lucifer chose because of his beauty. He wanted the throne of God. He wanted the power of God, and um, he lost his place in heaven. See, this says there was war in heaven, war in heaven. Now, why was he cast to the earth? Because that's what it says. Why cast Satan? To the earth, and you know, God created the universe, and I believe there would be probably billions, if not trillions, of created worlds out there. The Bible says, First Corinthians four verse nine, that this world is a spectacle to the whole universe. And if He's done, if He's planted these two trees. On our planet, why wouldn't he plant those trees on every other planet in the universe? Because here was Satan. He was the greatest angel, created perfect. He was like the uh, prime minister, and um, he was to help run the universe with the angels. But Lucifer or Satan, he wanted to be God himself. He wanted the power of God. He wanted the throne of God. And um, he was cast out. Now, 
what would all the other beings on the uh, world think? See, what would they think? And why was he cast to the earth? So, see, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said not to eat of it. And we know that Satan could only tempt them by that tree or by that tree. And um, so this is the one world in the universe which has rebelled against God. And that is why Satan was cast to this earth. I believe that is so. Now, it put a lot of questions in the minds of other beings because of Satan's rebellion. But we'll just um, have a break. We'll have a song and we'll come back and um, try and explain a bit more. All together, everybody needs you strong But life hits you out of nowhere And barely leaves you holding on And when you're tired of fighting Chained by your control There's freedom and surrender Lay it down and let it go So when you're on your knees And answers seem so far away You're not alone, stop holding on and just be here Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be here Just be here Just be Storm, you wonder if I love you still. But if your eyes are on the cross, you know I always have and I always will. Then not a tear is wasted. In time, you'll understand. I'm painting beauty with the ashes. Your life is in my hands. So when you're on your knees, an answer seems so far away. You're not alone, stop holding on and just be here Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be here Just be Just be here Your world's not falling apart It's falling into place I'm on the throne Stop holding on And just be here
This is um, a great, that was a great song. Um, no matter how messed up um, our lives are, if we turn to God and um, allow him into our life, he can mend. It's like I've got this card here. I I write things on, on a card and I'm reading this book by Corey Ten Boone and she says, sometimes in my watch shop, watchmaker shop, I I would be asked to repair a brand new watch which didn't keep time properly. Instead of trying to fix it, I would send it back to the manufacturer. And that's what we must do with our faith. If something is wrong with our faith, send it back to Jesus for repair. He can fix it perfectly. So Jesus is the answer. And it's it's a really a picture of this world. Um, <clears throat> actually... Satan and man have um, have gone away from God's plan, and the world's going to get worse and worse. The Bible talks about a time of trouble such as never was. And um, see, the the question is, why didn't God create angels and Satan and man with the ability um, with the ability um, without the ability to sin and rebel? Then there would be no pain and suffering. See, what would be wrong with that? Is the trouble is you take away free will. So the next question that comes up, God takes the risk and it doesn't work out. Satan and a third of the angels rebel against God. Why couldn't why didn't God destroy them at the beginning and stop the rebellion at the start? Then um, there would be no suffering in this world. And what would be wrong with that? God could start again with a new creation and hope they didn't rebel. But at the end, God will do that. Why not at the beginning? Now, the problem that God would have with that solution, these are the points. It would be an omission of God's inability to solve the problem. It's too big for God to solve. See, and the next point is God is a loving God, and he doesn't want to destroy people, and if he can possibly save them, the third point, the other beings in the universe would think, well, you go against God and he'll wipe you out. The universe would serve God out of fear. God doesn't want people to serve him out of fear. The fourth point, Satan has challenged the fairness of God's government. He has told lies about God. How did anyone really know that God's way was the best? No one had dared to try an alternative system. And so God gave Satan a chance to try out his alternative system. See, the Bible says that um, God is showing what's happening. Now, God needs to show his way is right and show what his character is like. He need he needed to show what Satan is really like and show the results of rebellion. At the cross, we see what Satan is really like. We see what God is really like. Who is right? Who can we ultimately trust? These are the issues with the great controversy between Christ and Satan. Uh, must resolve. Many stories in the Bible demonstrate Satan's rebellion. 
if you read number 16, Korah's Rebellion, um, 2 Samuel um, chapter uh, 15 to 18, which is Absalom's Rebellion. So if you read those stories, you get a miniature of what's been happening on this world. Now, at the cross, um, the whole universe saw Satan for what he was, a deceiver, a liar, and a murderer. There he revealed his true character by compelling men to murder the innocent Son of God. The inhabitants of the entire universe saw how senseless, how cruel, <coughs> how cruel sin really is. The cross fully un- unmasked Satan's motives. As a result, even when God destroys Satan, um, and those who permiss, permiss, per, per, how do you say that? Permit, that's right, permit in sin, all will acknowledge that God is just. Jesus' death on the cross made the removal of sin from the universe a certainty because it exposed Satan's real intent before all created beings. The cross also revealed Christ for what he is. He's the saviour of the world. And at Golgotha, um, the power of love stood in stark contrast against the love of power. It established beyond any question that it was self-sacrificing love that motivated God in his dealings with Satan, sin, sinful men and women at the cross. Christ's demonstration of God's un- unconditional love overspread the worst that man and Satan could do. The battle has been won over who should rule the world, Satan or Christ. But at the cross, the settle, um, it settled it for all times. It must be Christ above all. So God is demonstrating before the universe and um, in this world who is right. So we run out of time as usual, and um, God bless you. And keep reading um, the Bible and the Book of Revelation. There's a blessing on reading the Book of Revelation. So until next time, God bless you. Thank you very much, Dennis, for sharing what you have learnt there and sharing from God's Word. So just before we finish for today, just a reminder again that we would love to hear from you here at Amazing Grace. Or we also have um, a free gift, and that is the book Steps to Christ, which is a really, really great book. And you can contact us to request prayer for you or family or friend um, or family member on or off air. And so you can contact us at info at mpr.nz so that's the email info at mpr.nz and or you can text on zero double two six eight one five two one six and also remember the magazines the signs magazines if you're local here in Palmerston North check out in the takeaways um, the signs magazine is a free magazine there for you health and family issues that we face in life today so yes from us here at amazing grace we pray that you will grow in grace let's say a prayer dear heavenly father we thank you that you have come to this 
world in your son, Jesus. And we thank you that um, you are present here with us, Holy Spirit, and that we can cast all our cares upon you because you care for us and that you've come to give us truth, hope, purpose, and meaning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, yes, from us here, we we wish you um, God's grace and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And we wish you Godspeed until we meet again. Bye for now. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.